We're in the book of Joshua. I'm telling you, I'm expecting God to do something. But we have to put ourselves in the position for him to do that. We're in Joshua. Isn't it, well, maybe it's kind of funny to me, but when God tells you to do something, it seems like we want to start arguing with him. I've been arguing with God all weekend. God just laid it on my heart. I, I knew what they were fixing to sing, and I, I, was getting, I was getting stirred up about all that. And God just laid it. He says, you need, you need to go ahead and call the church to prayer before you even preach. And I said, well, Lord, don't you know we're in a Baptist church. We don't do things like that. <laughs> now, I'm just telling you, I argued with God took me out of my comfort zone and took some of you out of your comfort zone. If you're visiting with us, please understand we are a Baptist church. Okay? We're not going to jump pews. We're not going to swing. I was fixing to say chandeliers, but we don't have any, so. But we believe in the power of God. And we do believe in the power of prayer. And we also believe that our victory is because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And we do not make any apologies for that. I'm telling you, God is going to do something special if we put ourselves in the position for him to do it. Joshua chapter 3, as we've been going through this book, hope you've been blessed by it, you've been encouraged by it, but now we come... Uh, they're now coming to the Jordan River. And I believe, Brother Matt, did you get that picture from me, Brother? There you go. That is the Jordan River. Some of you have been to Israel. Uh, maybe you uh, were one of the ones that get baptized in the Jordan. But if you see the Jordan River, it's not a very big river, is it? It's really, I mean, I was quite shocked. I thought, this is it. <laughs> but... Uh, we see now that Joshua has brought them to the Jordan. And they have to pass over the Jordan. And you say, well, that shouldn't be a big deal there. It's, it's not that wide. Where they crossed at Gilgad, it was about 100 feet wide. But we see when you read in verse number 15, they did not come at a normal time to cross. They came at the time of harvest. And the Bible tells us that the Bible, uh, if you look and it tells you how, uh, how wide it became. See, this hundred foot crossing now is over a mile wide. A little bit more to it now, isn't it? I started thinking about that and I thought, well, Lord... Uh, you, you want your people to, to get into the land of promise. Why don't you make it easier for them? You ever thought that same thing? Lord, if this is really meant to be, you'll make it smooth. My dear friend, just because he's given us a promise, he, uh, he does not say it will be easy. Matter of fact, if it was easy, then you don't have to have any faith. Here we see they're fixing to cross over. It's a mile wide now. 
What is God trying to teach uh, through the leadership of Joshua? That he's testing our faith. Church, he's testing our faith. He's testing your faith as an individual. But I got good news for you. You can pass over your Jordan if you only exercise your faith in him. Joshua chapter 3 says, In Joshua, he rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim, and they come, came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and uh, the priests, the Levites, uh, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. God's telling us this morning, Watch me, and when you see me move, go after it. Church, we need to go after it. We need to cross our Jordan. In verse number 4, it says, And yet there uh, shall be a space between you and it, talking about the ark. He says there's going to be a space of about 2,000 cubics. By measure, come not near unto it that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way heretofore or before. Apparently, they're not Baptist. And basically what he's saying is, you need to watch. You need to keep your eyes on the ark because you've not gone this way before. In other words, you haven't done it like this before. Church, we haven't gone this way before. And that's the reason why we need to exercise our faith in him. Because he's been there before. He knows how this is going to wind up. And may I go ahead and add, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you were to drop dead today, think, well, that's very subtle. That's, you know, that's nice. I'm encouraged by coming to your service today. But if you were to die knowing Jesus Christ, you're going to be in a better place you're going to be in your eternal home, a place called heaven. See, I've read the end of the book. We win. Then he goes on in verse number 5 and he says, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. We're going to stop right there. And we're going to look very quickly this morning. 
we're going to look at getting past your Jordan. We all know the story, the background. Uh, Moses has led the children out of Egypt. And as they were being led out of Egypt, uh, they came and uh, they were fixing to go into the promised land. But because of their lack of faith, they did not go over. And because of their lack of faith, God punished them. Do you understand when you do not act upon your faith, you're sinning? What do you mean by that? Well, what you're saying is, well, God's promised me this. God told me this, but I just don't believe it. That's a sin. And so many of you are lost in your wilderness. For 40 years, they wandered around. And they wandered around not because they didn't know the direction to go, not because they didn't have good leadership, but because of their lack of faith. And because of your lack of faith, you're wandering around in your uh, wilderness experience and you just can't get over. And because you can't get over, you don't have any victory in your life and you don't have any peace in your life and you don't have any contentment in your life and you're miserable. Oh, you paint up a pretty good story. You make a pretty face when you come to church. You have all the right language, but as soon as you leave, you're miserable inside because you know that you're not where you ought to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. You haven't crossed over your Jordan. I got good news. You can pass over today. Hallelujah. You can get that settled today. Amen. But it's on you. Amen. It's not on God. God's done everything He can. God has brought you to your Jordan. Oh, it looks very difficult. I've been praying about this for quite some time. I just don't think we could do something like that. I'm telling you, we are lost in our wilderness, not because God has allowed that, because we have allowed it ourselves. And so, here Joshua brings them back. Now, we know that it's been a couple years since uh, Joshua's picked up and he, he's brought them to this point in time. And uh, so we see, first of all, if we're going to pass over our Jordan, first thing, we, there's going to have to be a challenge. You'll never strengthen your faith. You'll never solidify your faith. You'll never get stronger in your faith until you meet a challenge. And so we meet a challenge. Now what's the challenge? How do we get over the challenge? First thing we do is that we watch God. Notice in the text that we read, uh, the Bible says, uh, it makes reference to the Ark of the Covenant. Seven times in the chapter uh, 3 of Joshua, the Ark of the Covenant is made mention of. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, understand the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant is where they believe that the presence of God was. Wherever there was the Ark of the Covenant, there was the presence of God. We also understand it was in the tabernacle. They believed that it was the presence of God. It was in the Holy of Holies. When they went to the first temple, we see that the Ark of the Covenant, they believed that the, uh, the presence of God was located there in the Holy of Holies. But I find it uh, interesting uh, in Herod's temple, the temple that was there during the time of Jesus, the Bible tells us uh, that uh, when Jesus died, the Bible says that he tore the curtain, the curtain that separated us from going into the very presence of 
God. The Bible says it was torn in half. What does that represent? That helps us to understand when Jesus died upon the cross and when he was crucified because of your sins and because of my sin, the Bible tells us that when he was placed in the tomb for the three days and then he rose on that third day, now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. But we understand that when he died upon the cross, the veil was torn, which helps us to understand because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, we now can come into the Holy of Holies. The Bible says we can enter to the throne room boldly. We don't have to go through a high priest. You don't have to go through a preacher. You now have access to the presence of God. I find it interesting in that temple, the Ark of the Covenant was not located there. When the, when the veil was torn, the people, there were hundreds of people on that day. When that veil was torn, they looked in and they saw nothing. Why? Because now the Ark of the Covenant doesn't house, watch this, the Ark of the Covenant does not house the presence of God now. Because the presence of God can be available to us when we accept Him as our Lord and Savior. We now are carrying the Holy of Holies. And so here, when they looked, now notice, it said, wherever they do, and when that ark moves, you move. Pretty good advice for us this morning, is it not? Too many times we got our agendas, we got our plans laid out. We thinking this is what we need to do, this is where we need to go. My dear friend, if you're ever going to get over your Jordan, if you're ever going to see victories won in your life, if this church is ever going to get past its Jordan, and if we're ever going to see the manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ in this place and the mighty hand of God upon this place and the glory of the God in this place, we got to get off of our wheel, got to get off our agendas, get off our plan and get into what God's wanting to do. If God says move, we'll move. If God says stop, we'll stop. So we must watch God. But the second thing that we do is we meet this challenge that we must follow God. Now it's one thing to watch. It's another thing to follow. And some of us have having problems following. Matter of fact, we live in a society now that nobody wants to be a follower. Everybody wants to be the leader. We now have a generation that's coming up. They don't think that there should be any authority over them. That's the reason why our police officers, their lives are always on the line every time they step a foot outside of their squad cars or out of their precincts. They're a target. Why? Because it's against authority. We're seeing now that in the churches, many of our churches are in turmoil because they don't want to have authority. We all want to do what we want to do. And bless God, God's allowed us to do that and look at the mess that we're in. We're in trouble, folks. We're in trouble in a nation. We're in trouble as, uh, in the world. We're in trouble in our churches. Why? Because it, we like watching, but we sure don't like following. And if you're ever going to exercise your faith, you're going to have to get up off your blessed assurance and you're going to have to follow and you're going to have to go where He leads. And so we see here, we watch, we follow, but notice 
we must honor. In the passage that we just read, notice the instructions. It says, now, when you get behind the ark, you must be, it says 2,000 cubits, that translate to 3,000 feet. You've got to be 3,000 feet from that ark of the covenant. The only ones that could be up are the ones who were bearing it, the priest. Now, why did he say that? Because when you look back a little bit, you have a good view. See, it's a better view from here when you're seeing the ark going. You can see God moving. See, here's our problem. Our problem is we want to be up there and we don't want to not only be beside him, we want to be in front of him. Why? Because we have a problem with authority. And so here it says, stay back 3,000 feet. See, we need to honor God. God doesn't need your help. God doesn't need my help. But we sure need His help. And so we see we've met a challenge. Here's the challenge for the people of Israel and the people, uh, uh, God's people here today is that the challenge is this. We are needing to get over our Jordan. We need to pass over our Jordan. Now understand as we look at the picture, this is not a small feat. I mean, this is not something you can do in, in your own self. This is going to have to be a supernatural act of God. It's a mile wide now. And they've got to move close to a little over 2 million people. There's no way that man can conjure up some kind of a plan to do that. But notice, because of Joshua's leadership, they did what Joshua told them to do. So we see here there was a command. Now what's the command? Sanctify yourself. That word sanctify means clean up. Clean up. In 1 John chapter 1 verse number 9 it says, If you confess your sins, He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So here's the problem with us, that we're not able to get over our Jordans this morning because we have unconfessed sin. There's someone here today... And we've already prayed about this. There's someone here today that has some bitterness in their heart. And because of your bitterness, you're not able to get over to Jordan. Now watch this. If all two million were not in agreement, the job would not be able to be done. They had to do it in unity. Am I talking to someone this morning? Which means, if you have unconfessed sin, bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, we can go all through the list. You know what you haven't confessed. Well, it's not bothering anybody. My dear friend, if you're a part of the body, then it does affect the body. And because of your sin, could it be that we're not able, as a corporate body of believers, get over our Jordan because of your unforgiveness and your unconfessed sin, whatever it may be? Sanctify yourself. Clean yourself up. Let me rephrase that. Let him clean you up. See, that's some of our problem that we're trying to clean ourselves up. I'm turning over a new leaf. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. My dear friend, you'll never be able to clean yourself up. 
Only the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you. And so, we see there's unconfessed sin. But notice here, there's a commitment. Look at verse number 9. What is the commitment? Well, notice in verse number 9, he didn't say, okay, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. When God goes ahead and, 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 and gets these waters out of our way, then you can step in. It's not what he said, is it? The, the, the priest carrying the ark are getting in the water while the water is still there. You see that? And so here, we, what we have to come in. What are we committing? We have, you don't wait. See, here's how some people do. Especially in the church. This is what I'll do. Okay, well, you, you got faith. You think, hey, you think God can move in our congregation? Yeah, God can move. Do you believe God can send us a pastor that's, uh, that's going to be the right fit? Yeah, I believe that. Do you believe that uh, we have some good teachers here and, you know, they're preaching uh, and teaching the Word of God? Yeah, I believe that. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I have all kinds of faith, but let me just sit here and let me wait until the waters get cleared out. That's not faith. They got in when the water was still there. But notice after they got in there now. Before we move on, Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 through 7 helps us as we're making a commitment. Do we believe this text? The text, and I'm just paraphrasing, it says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything, what do you do? In everything, what are you doing? By prayer? Okay, so here's, if we're acting upon our faith, we came to realize we don't have anything to fret over. Why? Because I'm taking it to prayer. On Wednesday nights, we've been teaching prayer. And God's helped me, personally speaking, about my prayer life. My prayer life uh, was pretty anemic. I'm just going to go ahead and be transparent with you. Many of you, your prayer life is anemic. This is how you pray. God, just bless us. Thank you for the food. Let's move on. Here we need to understand prayer of faith means that you're asking God for for Him to show you what's going on, not you telling Him what's going on. Are you catching this? We're not praying our will. We're praying His will. And if we're going to say, and when we are praying, we're not going to be anxious over that. Some of us are all tight. I mean, we're tight. We just don't know. Oh, what if they bring some of this? What if they're not? And go on and on. I don't know what they're going to do. I want to. Listen, my God is an awesome God. God has already got the man picked out. He knows who's going to be the right fit. And I'm just exercising my faith. I believe what God has said about the situation. No, what we want to do is, boy, the first time they throw somebody out there and I'm going to mm. God help us. And then we wonder why we're apathetic, when we're weak, and we're not seeing the manifestation of God moving in this place is because we've been disobedience to our faith. We're not believing what God has said about the situation. So it goes on and he says, no, no. So now after they get in, 
In verse number 15 it says, The waters receded to as far away as the city of Adam. That's 20 miles north of where they're crossing. God knows what he's doing. No, no, no. He didn't just play, he didn't just part a little. Now, if you watch the History Channel, they may tell you that's what happened. You know, the water was up to their ankles and, you know. But the Bible tells us 20 miles, it was dry land. It didn't become dry land until after they got their feet wet. We give Peter a hard time. Remember when he was in the boat? We all know the story. Peter's on the boat and he sees Jesus walking across the water. And Jesus is looking and, 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 and Peter's, you know, the, notice it was only Peter who got out of the boat. But what, 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 what do we do to Peter? We jump all over him because he took his eyes off of Jesus. Here's how you ought to look at this. Peter's the one that exhibited the greater faith. At least he got out of the boat. And there's some of you here today, your faith works just like that. Oh, as long as you see it, I'm good. The Bible says faith is believing in the unseen things. See, you haven't even got out of the boat. And yes, Peter did go down. But my dear friend, if you read the rest of the story of Peter, Peter was used in a mighty way. And I believe it was because at least he acted upon his faith. You want to get past your Jordan? You're going to have to get out of the boat. Well, what happens if we... Don't you think God will be there to pick us up? God works like that. Sometimes we don't. Here's how we do it in the church. Somebody's messed up. Man, I mean, they messed up. And, and then they come back. And they come down to the altar and here's how it goes. Oh, bless God, it's about time they've got here. Have you... Oh, it's about time. Oh, it won't stick this time either. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? May I remind you, there's going to be times when you're going to go under too. And do you think that that's how you want to be treated? Is that, are you hoping that, well, I hope a brother or sister prays for me and encourages me and gives me some encouraging words. But what do we do? And then we expect God to move. My dear friend, if you're here today, I got good news. If you're here today and maybe you've been in the boat and you got out of the boat, but you've gone under. I got good news for you. There might be those 
uh, that you work with that's going to go ahead and criticize you and down you and, and, and not give any time for you. But my friend, I'm telling you, there's one who will be here with open arms and he's going to tell you, oh, welcome home, my dear brother. Welcome home, my dear sister. Somebody needs to know that there's one that has died for them, that shed his blood for them. And even though others may abandon you, he'll never leave nor forsake you. He'll be here with you. And so, they don't come because of the lack of faith. But I've also come to find out that many people don't come because not necessarily their lack of faith, but because of the lack of faith of those around about them. You need to examine yourself this morning. If someone came this morning that you knew and you've known their story, you know how far they've sunk, You need to examine yourself and make sure your heart's in the right place and that you're going to be the first one to hug their neck and invite them back home. Because, my dear friend, it could be that we're not getting over our Jordan because we're not exercising our faith. Do you believe that God is able? That's what it boils down to. Here we see that they could very easily, as they got in the water, and they're following after the ark, they could very easily said, you know what, Uh, mm, I don't know about this. But no, they acted upon their faith. They got in the water. God parted the waters, and they were able to pass over on Grythe. Ground. If you could, uh, if any of us could have the opportunity to talk to any of those that crossed over that Jordan today, and we'd ask them the question: Is God able? Oh, they would be resigning. Oh, yes, He's able, because He allowed us, and He made a way for us to cross over our Jordan. God honors faith, but our faith must honor God. So if we're to ask that question this morning, is God able? I believe that we would go to Abraham. We would ask Abraham, Abraham, is God able? Oh, he's able. I went and I was going to sacrifice my son, but I knew the Lord would provide And so I acted upon my faith. I took my boy Isaac there and I was ready to sacrifice. But all the time I knew that God would provide. And of course, God did. Abraham would say, God's able. If we're to ask Elijah. And Elijah, as he's there on Mount Mount Carmel. And as he's there and he's exercising his faith, he had faith that God was going to uh, uh, bring fire down. And uh, he had enough faith that he was soaking. I mean, he was doing everything he can to make it as hard as he could. If you were to ask Elijah today, hey, Elijah, is God able to bring fire from heaven? He says, oh, glory to God. I was there in person. He can bring the fire from heaven. But then we would go and ask uh, someone like the three Hebrew boys as they were going into the furnace because of their faith. Notice they didn't look in to see if there was anybody in there. 
They went ahead and went in all the time there because of their faith. And as they got into that fiery furnace, the circumstances did not change. Notice the, the it was still fire. They're still in the furnace. But because of their faith, they stepped in and they when they looked around, there was the fourth person. And they you're to ask him today, hey guys, is God able to step into the fire and get you through the fire? And they would all say in unison, God is able. But then if we were to ask Satan this morning, Satan, do you believe? Do you believe that God died upon a tree? Do you believe that he, you saw the blood coming from him? Do you believe that he was buried for three days? Do you believe that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father? Satan would have to say, yes, I believe. Because the Bible says that even the demons tremble. Even the demons tremble. So even Satan would say, yeah, I've seen it. And that's the reason why I'm working as hard as I can because I know he's coming back and I'm going to do everything I can do to destroy the family. I'm going to do everything I can do to cause division within the congregations. I'm going to do everything I can to grab our kids at a small age and our teenagers. I'm going to do everything I can because I believe he'll do what he said he'll do. But the question this morning is not for any of them. The question is for you. Do you really believe that God is able to get you past your Jordan? Do you believe today that He can save you? Do you believe that Jesus died on a cross? Do you believe that He shed His blood? Do you believe that He said that whosoever call upon Him, you can be saved? My dear friend, that's an act of faith. And there's somebody here this morning that needs to act upon that faith. You need to get over your Jordan so that you can have victory in Jesus. And does that mean that your life is going to be just so wonderful? Oh, no more problems. Absolutely not. Matter of fact, you'll probably get a few more problems along the way. But my dear friend, if you've trusted by faith the Lord Jesus to save you, you can have the faith to know that He will keep you. Amen. And also to understand that what's down here is temporary, but what He has waiting for us is eternal. There's somebody here. You got some bitter, you got some jealousy. Maybe there's someone here today that has an addiction problem. <coughs> My dear friend, I'm not here to tell you it's going to be easy. But what I am saying is you can get victory over that by placing your faith in the nail-scarred hand. Church, corporally speaking, do we believe that God is able? This is a, a question. The 
Church, do we believe that God's able? Now, I believe that you were sincere in that. But here's where it's really going to show. By us taking steps of faith and acting on what we just said. God's able. Is God able? Yep. Well, how do you know? Because there he goes, stepping in faith. Oh, I don't know. This this is this is pretty this is pretty big problem. God's able. We're gonna go into invitation. Here's our invitation this morning. First and foremost, if you need to know Jesus Christ in a personal way, you need to get that settled. We'll have counselors in the front that will be more than willing to help you with that. They will show you the Word of God. Understand that we're saved not because of our feelings. We're saved because of what the Word of God tells us. We're saved by facts. And the Bible tells us, who shall ever... Oh, Brother Mike, you don't understand how deep I've gotten in this water. You don't know some of the things that I've been doing. Whosoever. See, whosoever. That means every one of us. It doesn't matter if you've gone far, far down or if you've just kind of gone up to your ankles. My dear friend, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You need to get saved today. But church, we're at our Jordan. We're at our Jordan. God has done everything He can. God's done it. He's already got the man picked out. We, we understand that. But here's, here's what we, we have to do our part. And that means i got to step out in faith. Even when the waters are raging, I'm still stepping out. Because there will come a day when he'll dry it all up. God is able.